Welcome back to the podcast. This is Casey. I'm Jill. We are two Gen Xers and a microphone. Jill, summer is about over. I can't believe it. And I was just telling someone I do love living in the Midwest because I love the change of seasons. Me too. So even though summer may be, you know, coming down, winding down, it's like, ooh, it's exciting. Fall's around the corner. Mm-hmm. It is exciting. It's also hopefully time for boots and sweater season. As you know, that is my favorite season. Yes, we got to rotate everything around. That's right. That's yes. right. It's a whole afternoon of <laughs> rearranging the closet, getting right. the boots out. That's right. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Jill, what word do you have for us from the Urban Dictionary today? Today we're going to learn about laundry limbo. Ooh. So laundry limbo is intentionally rewashing clothing simply because you don't feel like putting it away. <laughs> so I don't rewash it. I just put it on my big chair in my bedroom. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's big chair limbo. That's right. Yes. It's really just big chair limbo. I do love, you know, a good, nice day of laundry where everything gets clean. It smells so nice. I, I don't even mind folding it. I actually like folding clothes. I just do not like the chore of putting it away. So it's all folded. It's nice mm-hmm. and neat, but you just don't want to put it away. Yeah. Okay. But I have been trying. So if I put it on my bed, then I think... Well, you're not going to sleep with it on your bed, so then it needs to be moved. But, again, I have this giant chair in my room, so sometimes I just move it to my chair. To the chair. Instead of just literally two more steps to the closet. It's right. so dumb. Right. I know. I don't know. I just get lazy. It's just one of those things. <laughs> one of those things. Yes. We all have them. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I guess the good news is I do laundry. That's you true. Know. You're not just turning it inside out. And oh, then, God, no. Yeah, no. letting it walk on its own. No, no, no. I do do, I love laundry, laundry, doing laundry. So I like clean clothes. Yeah, no laundry limbo for you. No laundry limbo for me. Yeah, no, thank you. That's gross. Showering and laundry. Clean. Clean. Gotta be clean. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, Jill, I... As a journalism major, you know, many, many moons ago, do love to journal. I love a diary. I love a new journal, you know, multiple times a year going, finding that new journal, filling it up. I love the assortment of pins and markers that I get to use. So tonight I thought maybe we could chat about letters written maybe to each other to long lost loves maybe those that get written and never sent what do you say I like it I like that a lot because to me when you're writing a letter it's unloading of your heart and your mind Mm -hmm. and all of that has to be released and if it's not released in the written form, it can be released in the physical form. Sure. You know, but the thing is, it needs to be released. Yeah, I love writing notes to people. I love a handwritten thank you note. I love an out-of-the-blue note. I love buying cards and just writing to people. I love 
any occasion cards, right? It doesn't have to be for a birthday or even a, a celebration. I love just good mail. And that's a point because we don't get good mail today. <laughs> right, right. And how exciting it is when mm-hmm. you actually have good mail. Mm-hmm. And I will say, um, listeners, if you ever get a card, a note from Casey, just one, the handwriting is impeccable. Oh, thank you. It's always <laughs> in some fabulous party type, you know, paper, <laughs> the pen, um, and, and it's always uplifting. When you read it, you can just feel the energy that's conveyed when you get a note from Casey. Well, thanks, Jill. I feel the same way about yours. I think that the time that gets taken is special. I think that because the words mean something and they matter, I like to choose them carefully. I know you do too. I also just like to keep them. I like, I, people probably when they come to my home think I'm the weirdest in the world for many reasons, but for one main reason is I have this design on my wall when you're coming up my stairs where I host a collection of notes that I get throughout the year and it starts each year with Christmas cards and then I just add to it throughout the year. So it may be birthday cards, thank you cards, uh, just a wide variety. And I love it. I love to look at them. I love the variety. You know, I love to see what people select. And then I just like having them on display. They just really, I, I love it. They make me really happy so I like to see them and I like having them on display for other people to see when they come visit I like I do that too so I have in my office two like bulletin board type things Mm -hmm. and I will put in there the handwritten notes Mm -hmm. or the things you know that when I look up during the day when I'm working Mm -hmm. it's encouraging I agree you know you can feel the love you can feel the sentiment and it's just a mood booster And I also, you know, on that same bulletin board, you know, we'll have my list that I want to look over when people are like, hey, um, you know, I could really use some extra thoughts and prayers for this Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And I like that. I like to be able to look up and pause and just really think about this person and that struggle. Um, You know, you never know who's thinking about you, when they're thinking of you, what they're thinking. Sure. But I don't do it so that people know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, doing this for you. I do it because when you've ever been in a situation where you've needed that, somehow, some way, you get through things. Mm-hmm. And you look back and you're like, how did I get through that? It's because you have all of these people out there Sending their positive, their thoughts and, and, and prayers to you. And you don't even have to know who they are. That's right. But you it's don't. happening. That's right. Absolutely. I have a really neat list that a friend gave me, and it's Emotionally Nutritious Words. It has been a game changer when it comes to writing and writing notes because... 
I feel like I now am more descriptive. I, of course, love big words, but I also like to be very specific about what I'm describing and who I'm describing because I think that it's important for people to feel special and to feel like they are seen, that they are known, and that list has made a huge difference for me. So if anybody wants that list, I'm happy to share it. You can hit us up at two gen Xers and a mic at gmail.com and we are happy to share it. It is just a really, really good tool and great, great words, just alternatives. And again, it's been very helpful for me to use words differently have a huge impact when when sharing so Jill let's think about what letters would you write uh to yourself let's let's start there letters to myself Mm -hmm. okay and I shared this earlier but um for our listeners I'm going to share it so today I had just kind of an aha moment in the car driving back from my hometown you know was there with my sister um you know we were talking about you know my mom she's 88 mm-hmm. and you know how they say you really you, you turn into your parents as you get older <laughs> right and so I was thinking what would it be like if I wrote a letter now at 54 years old mm-hmm. and said okay Jill when you reach this age this is what I think your life's going to be like and what you're going to be doing mm-hmm. so okay when I retire, what do I think my life is going to be like? Sure. When I, you know, reach 67 for Social Security, what is my life going to be mm-hmm. like? When I have to give up my driver's license, this is what my life is going to be like. When I, you know, make my last purchase because I'm getting closer to leaving this world and going to another place. What am I going to be thinking? What am I going to be feeling? Mm -hmm. When I'm living in an assisted community or a nursing facility, what am I going to be feeling? And I feel like if I wrote that letter now and opened it up later, it would be an encouraging letter. Mm -hmm. It would be, you know, hey, you've made it to... Age 67. Social Security's coming in now. Right, right. You know, it seemed like it was so far away. Now you've got some, you know, extra plus money Mm -hmm. coming in. Or when I'm in assisted living, like, oh, you get to, you are not alone. Mm -hmm. You have company every day. Right. Um, You get to play stimulating mind games. You get to exercise. You know, your time is your time. So I think. Those might be some of the letters I write to myself. Um, because you, know, you might encouraging. see, yeah, you might see things differently today, looking from the outside than as you're experiencing it in the moment. Yeah, because I don't know what it's like to mm-hmm. be 88 year right? old woman. Yeah, you know, this is what I think it would be like, mm-hmm. and maybe I write that down and say this is what I think it's like. But in all actuality. This is what it's really like. And what your mom is going through as an 88-year-old woman, you may become very similar to her or you may turn out completely different. 
Right. You just don't know. You don't know. You yeah. don't know. Yeah. But I think it's kind of interesting based on your perspective, where you're at in life, um, how you currently live your life. Um, because sometimes we don't have control over physically what happens to mm-hmm. us. Um, we do our best, but how do you deal with that and adjust to that when it's actually happening versus when it's not your current life you know I just feel like you could send encouraging words to yourself absolutely yeah I think those are some of the letters that I might write to myself what about you what kind of letters would you write to yourself I think similarly I would write what it might be like imagine life at that future age or future ages uh, and maybe observe people at those ages and write about it like oh I just saw I just met an 88 year old man and this these are my observations oh I just met a 72 year old woman and she was full of you know just write about those experiences and oh I hope that I am like that or oh my goodness I hope I'm never like that whatever it is right just write about those experiences I would also write about what good and difficult times I'm currently in and the perspective of, wow, like you thought this was the best time. Man, oh man, just wait until you're this age and what you will have gone through and how good life's going to be. And maybe conversely, wow, you thought that was difficult and look at you, you got through it and you're looking back on life and look how far you've come and what you've accomplished, right? And so like maybe pinpoint those milestones and celebrate the strength and the wisdom and the difficulty and the, you know, just marvel at the life lived and how and what it took to get to that point and that you know if if it if you got there let's celebrate it and just more kind of remembering but in a different way it kind of like you're doing a map for your life Mm -hmm. um we don't know exactly what's in store for us. We right. have a plan. Sure. And maybe it helps us live according to that plan and how we want to live. Mm-hmm. Whether it's physically how we want to live or, you know, mentally, what do we want our state of mind to sure. be? Do I want to be doing puzzles? Right. Do I, you know, need <laughs> to be out, you know, making sure I get my walk in mm-hmm. every day? Um, you know, that's the kind of thing. It's like, how do I want to live? What kind of person do I want to be? Right. You know, do I want to be a person that is social? Do I want to be a person that people can laugh with? Mm -hmm. You know, um, because I think too, and knowing that as we get older, yes, the body and the brain, they're all, you know, getting closer to moving on Mm -hmm. to out of this earthly Mm -hmm. world. So, you know, keeping a sense of how do I really want to live and what do I really want to do? Kind of have this map in place. Yeah. Do you write letters today that you don't send? 
Um, I, I don't, but I think in the journal, it's kind of like that. Sure. But I think addressing letters, maybe to someone that hurt you, mm-hmm. um, you know, might be a good thing to adopt and start doing that. Sure. Um, I, I try, if it's good news, I never not send those. Mm-hmm. I always want to send those mm-hmm. and celebrate those kind of letters. Um, but the ones where maybe I'm feeling hurt about something, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I might start doing that, like really addressing it, you know, and not sending it, but getting that out versus just putting it in a, in a journal and dancing sure. around instead of naming the name. Yeah. I think that if we can maybe also look at things from what are we trying to make it mean for us instead of pointing a finger or blaming or making it someone else's problem, but really focusing in on, okay, what do I need to do with this? I write letters to people all the time and it's just so you know, like it's, Mm -hmm. hey, just so you know, just so you know, you've had an impact on my life. And sometimes that impact is negative. Most of the time it's positive. And similarly, Jill, I send the positive ones, I would say probably 98% of the time. Very rarely do I not send the positive ones. There are times where I will write that negative impact one and I will tuck it away, never to be sent. But what I try to do is make sure that I understand that it isn't really about the person knowing. It's really me understanding why there's been a negative impact. And if I need to do anything about it, for me, not not against that person, that person probably couldn't care less. What do I need to do about it? I think that I'm a pretty self-aware person And I do try to take responsibility and own my part in a situation. Sometimes I'm really bad at that, but for the most part, I think I'm pretty decent. And it's the ones that I think linger that, you know, I come back to and I come back to. And sometimes they just take a long time for me to figure out or all of a sudden a new situation will arise and it's a positive impact. And I'm like, oh, lesson learned. Like I needed to go through that in order to figure out why this one stuck with me. And then I can just kind of mark it off as resolved, but I do often have to write it out. But it is more so from the, yeah, just so you know, this is the impact that it had, but it, it isn't, like a revenge letter it isn't a you did this and you did this it's hey this is how I feel and this is what has happened or I did take time and think about to think about things and this is what I've come to now let's be honest there are times where I'm like yep this is what's happened and I think you're just a big old la di da but I do I do have those positives and negatives, the just so you know, 
this is the impact you've had on my life. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, when we have those letters that we don't send that maybe are more on the more negative side, mm-hmm. it is kind of a self-soothing, mm-hmm. if you will. Absolutely. Um, you know, just like a child, a baby has to learn how to self-soothe. Mm-hmm. As an adult, we have to do the same thing. And I think getting that out and then actually realizing, okay, it's not for that other person to right. solve. These are my feelings. That's right. I own these. Right. And then you can ask all the why questions. Why does it hurt so much? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Right. And then get down to it. Um, and I, it's just important to get that out because all of us, we experience joys and we experience hurts in, in mm-hmm. this world. Right. And there's a healthy way that you can resolve them. Yeah. And, you know, I always, you've got to get it out. You cannot stuff it inside mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I just think that's a healthy way to get it out. Yeah. Okay, so this might be a tough one, but Jill, if you had kids, would you have written letters to your kids? What kind of letters? Oh, I think I would have. Mm-hmm. And... It kind of reminds me of every once in a while when I packed my lunch in middle school, my mom <laughs> would slip in a little, yes. a little Hershey bar or something. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know we had these. And, you know, so just little letters like, okay, this is your first day of school. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of everything. This is the first, your first slumber party. You're not at home. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, the first time that you're going to a dance. Sure. This is your first... You know, so-and-so. Because I always kept, like, a memory box. Sure. And my mom had one for each one of us kids. And, and she would put things in there. Mm-hmm. So there's letters that I have in there. Letters that I have from when we had snail mail in college. Sure. And I go back and I read those letters that my mom sent, my grandma sent, right. my friends sent. Yep. Really get a kick out of them. Um, and then there's... You know, if you went on a senior retreat in high school. Yes, sure did. We had letters that were sent from our parents, Mm -hmm. fellow teachers, all of these friends that we were, you know, in school with. Mm -hmm. And I have those. That's neat. And I love, you know, looking back at them because sometimes we don't always see it in ourselves. Mm -hmm. But other people do. Right. And so maybe on a day when you're feeling less than encouraged, mm-hmm. you can actually hold on to this letter and I can see, oh, Sister Carmen wrote me a letter about right. my pleasant disposition. You know? <laughs> I love that. Um, right, right. Know? So <laughs> I like to have those memories. So I think I would write letters, you know, if I had children. That's um, neat. And just let them know also, too, that. As a parent, you're human. Right. It's like, wow, you know what? Believe it or not, I was your agent once, mm-hmm. and this is what I was thinking about my first day of high school. Exactly. You know, I, I just think that you, as a parent, sharing yourself with your child at that age and possibly what you were feeling, mm-hmm. you know, is a good little bonding experience. Right. I like it. Would you Would you write letters? Without a doubt. I think about not having grown up with all of my grandparents and being told, though, that, like, I most like my grandfather. 
And I would have, and you know, I of course have an image of him, but it's from seven-year-old Casey and not really knowing much about him as a businessman, not knowing much about him as a father or anything past a, you know, seven-year-old's grandfather. And so I would share things like this is, these are values, this is, these are values in action. Uh, and then I would share stories probably about people in my kids' lives, whether they are actively involved or not actively involved, so that my kids would know about people. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I do love hearing my parents talk about their parents and about my aunts and my uncles and uh, we talk a lot, um, we tell stories all the time. Uh, I think that for me, reading about people and seeing my mom and dad's there, I love their handwriting. You know, I just, I think it's so neat. I would love to have that from them. And so I think I would, I would definitely do that for my kids. Yeah, there's, um, you know, as you get older, you reflect more about, oh, wow, okay, I'm 54. What was my mom's life mm-hmm. like when she was 54? Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's a little bit of a history that you can do and, you know, right. have these letters to go back to. And I still like the letter writing versus, you know, making it all electronic. I agree. I do. I just love, I love mm-hmm. to, to hold it. Right. You know. I will say I do love how quick and easy it is for my nieces and nephews to send me a text or, you know, Snapchat or whatever the technology of the day is. When I get something in the mail from them, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, you know, they, they appreciate that I appreciate it. So that's really great. And I have framed several pieces that they have sent me, you know, uh, I got a piece, a letter of, this is what we're doing, you know, during the summer. And it's hanging on my wall in the office. It's just cute. Like, I just love that they have mimicked what I've done. They've turned around and they've done it too. So it's neat. It is neat. And when you can find these, like, I won't call them relics, but these older letters. Mm -hmm. So, like, we found some of my um, parents' report cards. Oh, neat. So, it's like, ooh, dad was not a very good student. (laughs) I love it. You know? And, um, mom, you weren't as good as what we thought you were. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a great. I was just going to say, it's a great piece of history. Definitely. That's great. Great. Well, Jill, until everyone has hope, here's your weekly dose. Bye-bye. If your life didn't turn out how you thought it would, you are in the right place. If you're confident that life turned out exactly as it was supposed to, then tell us what you'd like to discuss and why. You can reach us at two Gen Xers and a mic. That is the number two... G-E-N-X-E-R-S-A-N-D-A-M-I-C at gmail.com.